Hello, and welcome to this week's Quarter to Three Games podcast. I'm Jason McMaster, and my game of the week has nothing to do with Menzer Branzan. I don't even know what you just said. What's a Menzer Branzan? Wasn't that like a Dungeons & Dragons uh, expansion or something? I just wanted to say Menzer Branzan. Really? I mean, that's... Is that even a word? I I don't even know what you're saying. That's one of those things that I've seen the word written, yeah. ha. but I, I would Men- never think to say it out loud. Menza Baranzan, the city of spiders, is a fictional city-state in the world of the Forgotten Realms, a Dungeon & Dragons campaign setting. I don't think that word was ever designed to be said out loud, McMaster. Well, I took it there. Well to done. The oh, and my, by the way, my <laughs> name is Tom Chick, and my game of the week is not Zombie HQ. Mm, I don't even know what that is, so uh, it's not mine either as well. You're one of the fortunate people then. Well well done. I, really? It's, it's this crappy free-to-play game that uh, is on the iPhone. Uh, that, you know, it had zombies in it, so I had to try it, and it's... Well, duh. I mean... yeah, you'd think I would learn, though. You'd think I would learn by now that free-to-play games just not for me. Why do I, why do I keep falling for that, McMaster? I don't know. I guess it's because, like... There's a lot of games out there that almost use the free-to-play model that are pretty cool, and then like you're kind of tricked into thinking, hey, free-to-play is not uh, absolutely a bad word, but when it's like a truly free-to-play game, they're usually pretty miserable. What's a, what's a non-horrible free-to-play game? I'm going to put that challenge to you right now. Um, the only one I can think of is Triple Town. Mm, no, because that has that whole thing where you can basically cheat, yeah. buy your way up the leaderboards. and now, You know what? It's, that's one of the least horrible free-to-play games, so I'll grant you that. Yeah, yeah no, it's, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a pretty good game. I, I don't really care so much about the leaderboard thing, though. I do think it's kind of weird that you could do that. I just feel, you know, if you need it that bad, uh, go to town. You right. know? <laughs> so you're okay, then, if I buy my way above you on the leaderboards in Triple Town. You're going on record as saying that's okay. Oh, yeah, that's perfectly fine, because uh, you and I both will know. We'll know <laughs> how I, that happened. So if I can, <laughs> I can sleep at night after doing that, okay with it. Hey, yeah, you know, whatever blows your hair back, uh, do what you want. Uh, now, have you? how much money have you spent on Jetpack Joyride to get as far as you have above my high score? I'm just curious, is it, is it like just like a few dollars or as much as like $50? Just give me a ballpark figure. Uh, it was zero. I actually kind of feel that they paid me because uh, I was using an iPad. <laughs> That's why. Fair enough. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm on your heels. I'm hot on your heels. I'm not really, but yeah. when I start playing in earnest again, I will be hot on your heels in, uh, in uh, Jetpack Joyride. In fact, you just upgraded, didn't you? Hey, thanks for screwing up my news of the week, jerk. Well, let's just go right to it. <laughs> uh, who's going first, and what? Uh, which one are we doing first? Uh, news of the week, and you go first, since right. uh, I earned it. So, uh, my news of the week is actually, uh, I tricked you, that might have something to do with my game of the week, but my news oh. of the week is uh, the the creator of Torchlight is a fellow named Travis Baldry. Uh, oh, this is great news of the week. <laughs> yeah, and he, he did a game called Fate, and then from Fate, he uh, founded a new company, or he, he's working with a new company that involves some of the folks from the original Diablo. They're called Runic. Uh, they're working on, a, on uh, they did Torchlight, and they're doing, tor- wait, am I screwing that up? 
Torchlight no, 2. No, yeah. Yeah, or, yeah, they're uh, Torchlight, Torchlight 2 is then, yeah. So uh, they, um, they've been, you know, they've had their nose to the grindstone, working dutifully on it. There have been a few betas of it that McMaster and I have tried. I think oh, we're, both, yeah. we're both very psyched to play it, looking forward yeah. to it. Um, but they've been in the news this week because some Asian, uh, you know what, their, their nationality doesn't even matter. Some crappy budgetware iPhone developer, and I won't even say the name of the game because I don't care, and I, good Lord, I have no desire to give them any publicity. Uh, sure. Travis at Runic called them out for basically ripping off all their of their yeah, yeah, the assets, I think even the sound assets from Torchlight for their crappy little... Uh, free-to-play mobile platform MMO. Yeah. And uh, now there's not really anything that he can do legally about that, but what he's doing is the right thing, which is sort of shaming them in public. You know, sure. uh, the, the people that might otherwise try this, I think, should should steer clear because these guys basically stole from, from Runic. Uh, but the, the really amusing thing that, that caught my eye uh, is that during the, uh, I think it was on a Touch Arcade forum where a lot of the discussions about iOS yeah. games take place, uh, and a lot of developers are involved in those discussions. Uh, when Travis, in a thread about this crappy MMO free-to-play mobile game that stole from him, when he posted in it, one of the representatives of the company made a sort of a half-hearted defense, saying, yeah. no, we didn't steal from it. I mean, basically outright denying. But then furthermore, accusing Runic of ripping off fate. You know, of saying, well, and by the way, your game that you accuse us of stealing from, that stole from this other game called Fate. And the representative then goes on to list several things that Torchlight and Fate have in, have in common, which basically was, is, is... That's a tricky story and kind of a mean thing for that guy to pull out, in fact. <laughs> well, it's hilarious because Travis made Fate. And yes. he's, he's working from that same concept and that same basic design with Torchlight. Uh so you're saying it's mean because there were some tricky legal complications? Yeah, like the fact that they left that company and started Torchlight and released it before Fate. Oh, so maybe the rep or Mythos or whatever it was supposed to be, you know. Uh, it, it looks almost exactly like it in a lot of ways, you know what I mean? It's like there, there's a lot of funny stuff there. So, so maybe then the point of this representative from this ripoff company bringing it up wasn't that this person was clueless, just that they were kind of hitting below the belt. Uh, yeah, I that's what it seems like to me because they've been in the news, or they had been there. You know, there've been rumors about that, and that kind of thing. Well, that's a lot less hilarious then. I I feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, there's nothing like a uh, a good developer slap fight, especially when one of them is so firmly situated on the higher moral high ground. Uh, it, you know, it's not much of a fight. It's it's more of a sort of a, a beat down. Uh, but those are always entertaining uh, when there's somebody clearly wearing the white hat. So uh, there you go. That's that's my news of the week. What do you, what do you got, McMaster? Ah, my news of the week. Well. One that I think we've all kind of seen coming, but there are more layoffs at Bioware and, uh, you know, Vogel, uh, Rich Vogel left, uh, their producer, but I mean, those are kind of unrelated. They just kind of happened at the same time. Uh, but there, uh, there's quite a bit of rumbling about how Star Wars The Old Republic is probably going to go free to play pretty soon, and, uh, it's lost 400,000 paid subscribers since launch. Out of how many do we know? Uh, you know, I, th I thought it was something like uh, a million or two. Uh, I, 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 1.7 million. Oh, so they've still, so got, they've still got plenty of people playing. What are they worried about? 
they lost a quarter of their subscribers. <laughs> so, so they're like they're not uh, they're not very fond of that. They're like tugging at their uh, shirt collars, going oh, you know. So what what does that noise mean? Can we hear that again one more time? Are they oh, you know? they, yeah. they they suddenly sound like Frenchmen. Yes. <laughs> yes, very subs- uh, surprised and uh, disturbed Frenchmen. Well, they are in what uh, Quebec, but uh, good point. Isn't it Quebec? And uh, it might be somewhere else. Who cares? We'll just pretend that that works. McMaster, here in America, we call that north of the border. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We're the only important people. Uh, so, um, is it any surprise that uh, Star Wars Old Republic might go free to play? I am, no. I am, I am astonished. Oh, I was going to try to do the Claude Rains line about gambling Uh-oh. from Casablanca, and I can't get the bat off my shoulder. I'm shocked there's gambling. No, oh, whatever. I, you know, rather than make a reference, sometimes you can just say what the reference would have been that you intended to make, and that does just as well. Right, yeah, like I could say, I, I would have probably given the great St. Crispin's Day speech from Henry the Fourth, Part Two here, but you guys get the idea. Right. Uh, all right, so uh, lots of people not playing Star Wars Old Republic. Where, where do you think those people went, McMaster? I think those people went anywhere but Star Wars The Old Republic, because once you get through that game, that's pretty much it. Are uh, you are you one of the uh, 400,000? Uh, not really, I guess. What do you mean, not really? So you've still got a subscription going? Or? Yeah, I have a subscription. I just haven't played in a while. All right. Uh, I mean, I haven't paid for all of it. I mean, maybe one or two months. So, but uh, do you see yourself being one of the people that jumps ship then, or you're you're going to stick by their side? I don't know. Like, I'll, I'll tell you honestly. I expected the game to go free to play anyway. Uh, it, it, everybody did, I would imagine, just because as much fun as it can be once you've paid like the the entry fee and a couple of months subscription cost, you can have seen a large majority of what the game has to offer. Um, it just uh, you level fast, you move through the game fast, and it plays like a single player Bioware game. So. Once you've gone through maybe one, two of those stories, you don't really want to go back and go through the the same stupid side quests that you've done over and over again. So yeah, it's it's just uh, I don't know, it's a grind. If it wasn't for Secret World, would you have still been playing some more Star Wars Old Republic? No, probably not. Okay. Not, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd be waiting for Guild Wars two to try that. And that's probably what a lot of people are going to do. I imagine their subscriptions are not going to go up in the next month. Mm-hmm. But hey, bummer for those people at Bioware. I mean, I hope they they land on you know on their feet. It's uh, that's a, that's a shame. It's not it's not their fault. Right. I mean, some of them probably, but not all of them. So those of you who it's not your fault, then I'm sorry. All right. So uh, is that news of the week then? What's up now? <laughs> Yeah, that's news of the week. Uh, yeah, okay. So let's go to games of the week, and I'm I'm kind of tempted because I, I imagine you know at least have an idea of what mine is. So I, I don't know what yours is. Uh, I'm gonna, you go first. You should totally go first. Uh, my game of the week is everything on the iPad. Everything. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so I, thanks to the generosity of you, McMaster, and a lot of folks on Quarter to Three on the forum, many of whom listen to uh, this podcast, I was the surprise recipient of an iPad last week, uh, which I 
at this point, I, you know, I'd always seen iPads, including yours, McMaster. You're one of my friends who's who's lorded an iPad over me. I mean, not in a cruel <laughs> way, just like, hey, let me show you some cool stuff. And I look at that, and I think, yeah, it's cool. I'm I'm never going to buy one, but it's cool. Uh, so. When I was given one, I had no idea how much. I mean, I I thought they were cool, and I thought, yeah, it'd be nice to have one. I'm not going to buy it. But I had no idea, even the moment that it was handed over to me, I had no idea how much I needed an iPad. It's something that I have gradually realized over the last, uh, it's been, what, five days, I guess. Uh, I've gradually realized that if I had known then what I know now, I would have uh, begged, borrowed, or stolen to have made sure I had an iPad. Holy cats, how could I have gone for so long? You know, it's weird you say that because I had the exact same reaction like uh, when I got mine. Um, one of the big things for me is I, I was never a huge Mac fan. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't totally hate them, but being a gamer and working in games and a lot of programming for games and that such, I had never really gotten into them until, well, you know, the, the iOS and uh all the Intel stuff that they've started doing has made it a lot more attractive. But uh, when I got that iPad, I was like, oh, my God. I, I thought it was going to be cool. I got it just to develop for and mess around with, and then it's just it's indispensable. It's it weird. is, and it it's the perfect um – like, I've always put the iPhone, and I've had an iPhone for a while, in kind of the same category as the PSP or the Nintendo DS. And sure. they're each separate systems, and they've each got a library of games, some of which are cool. You know, there are plenty of must-haves on each system. Um, so that was one little category. And then the other category was console games and PC games, where you have to be anchored in front of a bigger screen, and you get more of a spectacle, and it, you sacrifice the portability. The iPad is this incredible compromise between the two. It's, it's got all the portability of the handheld systems, but you can do some of that spectacle. You know, when you're holding it there in your lap, you can get just as much, you, you know, the amount of real estate you have is, is so much more generous. It's on par with when you're sitting in front of a computer or you're sitting across the room from a big screen TV. So that right there immediately is a huge selling point. Uh, but then what it also does, you know, you can get, I don't know if you know this, McMaster, and I've never even looked at it, you can get Netflix on the Nintendo 3DS. Have, have you ever tried to watch a movie? I did not know you could do it on the 3D. I, you know, wait, I might have heard of that, but it just seems so ridiculous, and I right. have an iPad. So. And who would ever, well, exactly, you, you had the iPad, so yeah. I, I, you could even apparently, can you get Netflix on the iPhone? I don't know, and I, I don't know, I didn't look into oh, it, I wasn't, a, there, there's nothing that I could imagine watching on a handheld like that. I know plenty no. of people watch TV shows on their PSP or whatever, I just, I want no part of that, of, of shrinking the experience, even if it's just, you know, two people in a room talking, you know, my dinner with Andre, whatever. I don't want to watch that on a little tiny PSP screen. <laughs> I like the idea of watching my dinner with Andre on a PSP in the first place, but yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe I would do that one. Maybe that movie. <laughs> Possibly. In a bind. But yeah. but the, the iPad is, is the perfect size for, because I watch plenty of things on my laptop. You know, when I'm working on one laptop, I'll have a movie running on another laptop next to me, and I'll just, with half an eye, watch stuff there. The iPad is perfect for that. Like, it's a perfect oh, yeah. size to carry around and watch Netflix and stuff. So, so just the size of it. But then certainly the library of games. So my games of the week are everything on the iPad, but mainly the things that are only on the iPad. Uh, and there are a few of these that I've been discovering. I, I'm, I'm about to go broke. I mean, I am now, like, discovering. It's like when you first get a new platform and you have oh, to buy yeah. all these games. So there are all these games that I'm wanting to buy, plenty of which I already own, but I feel like, well, heck, now I have to have the iPad version. Um, 
So the some things- of them, if they have an HD next to them, you can just they're compatible basically. What do you mean compatible basically? Uh, well, some of them have like multiple. Uh, you can include multiple resolutions in your in your uh, app. Now, whether it's done or not is is a different subject. But some games I didn't have to rebuy when I switched. You're talking about Universal. Like some things are called right. Universal. Right. 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 Yeah, okay. But McMaster, so here's the thing. There's Universal, and there's some games where I've got my iPad, ver- my iPhone version, and I play it on my iPad, and it looks better. It looks fine. Waking Mars, for instance, which was oh, already a beautiful game on the iPhone, is just that much more beautiful on the iPad. And that's that's a great example of a universal app which looks good on an iPhone or an iPad. Now, however, there are some things like Tiny Wings, for instance. I adore this little one-touch. It's a little flying game. You're a little bird. You fly around. It, it's what Jetpack Joyride, I think, should. It's a best-case example of the kind of game that Jetpack Joyride is. You fly a little bird across the screen as far as you can get him, and it's adorable, and it has its own sense of character, and the controls do this really cool thing where you try to make the bird... Uh, go fast on the downward swoop of a hill and then launch off a ramp. Uh, it's a great little game, and I have the iPhone version, but there's a separate HD version for the iPad. Ah, uh, yeah. And I can only imagine how beautiful it looks, but here's where I'm torn, McMaster. If I get Tiny Birds HD, I lose all my high scores, and I lose the little customized nest that I've gotten for my achievements. It's a separate, oh, yeah. it's a separate product. Uh, so I'm kind of torn with things like Tiny Birds HD. Like, I want it to look beautiful. It already looks beautiful. I want it to look more beautiful, but I don't want to give up my progress. Uh, so there's some games like that where I'm torn. Uh, there are plenty of games that are only on the iPad, which I thought I didn't need. And here's an example of one of them, McMaster. Uh, Magic the Gathering 2013, which you've talked about previously. <laughs> I was like, yeah, fine, I'm playing that on the Xbox. What do I care? But... Oh, yeah. When you see that on the iPad, and when you bring to it the portability that the iPad gives it, you know, I can just, I, I can play Magic the Gathering anywhere on an iPad. It has that same kind of tactile feel of flipping cards around that's, oh, yeah. that's entirely lost when you're using a game controller to sort of click around to the different card, and you move the, the selection up here, and whoops, you accidentally opened the help. And, like, it's, it's fairly clumsy but serviceable on the 360. Uh, and I imagine on a PC with a mouse, because it's available from Steam, I believe, yeah. it's much more, it's much simpler. But you can't carry it around. So the iPad is the perfect compromise there. Uh, it looks great. You get all the information. You get a, a sizable enough screen, and just the little, the direct touch interaction of flipping the cards around and stuff uh, is really nice. Yeah. Um, I agree. Uh, like I have it on uh, PC and on the iPad, and I have uh, hands down played it on the iPad like uh, ten times more. Yeah. Um, it's a uh, it feels good, and it's a it's a full featured game has nice artwork, and uh, it just captures all the features of all the other uh, you know Magic games. It's pretty yep. cool. Uh, I am bummed that it doesn't have any sort of asynchronous play. Yeah, that is a little strange. Um, yeah, that is a little strange. That's what I was thinking, too. Uh, then, of course, there are some great games like the Ascension card game, which I've always known. I've been fully aware because I've seen plenty of people play it on an iPad, and I've got the tabletop version. I think it has beautiful artwork, and it's, oh, yeah. it is so nice to now be able to play the the video game version of it that, that, that really brings the artwork into play better. Uh, I just really like that, of course, on the iPad. Um I just got a game called that I've been I've been wanting to play this for a while. There's a board game called Small World. Uh, 
It's a shame <laughs> that it only has two fa- or two player. It just blows my mind. Yeah, so Small World is a Days of Wonder game. It's the folks who did uh, Ticket to Ride, which is part of, which might be one of the reasons I never bought it. Ticket to Ride is cute, but it's very sort of casual, entry-level board game. And there's a really good iPhone version of it. And again, that's yeah. another one where there's a separate iPad version that that's has, right, and it has other, it has maps that you can't play on the iPhone version. Uh, yeah. So Small World, like you mentioned, Bookmaster, that the board game I think goes. It's like two to six players, but yeah. on the iPad, it's strictly the two-player map, only two players, uh, no asynchronous play either, which is odd, because they did a great job of adding that to Ticket to Ride. Yeah, see, that's the funny thing to me uh, about the Small World app, is that two players is absolutely pointless in that game. Uh, it's just like, for people that don't know, you, you take a civilization, you place those pieces on the board, and then somebody can come along and attack you and remove those pieces. It's, it's more fickle than a risk. And for two people to play, it's just like, oh, you put your stuff down. Oh, I'm replacing it. Now you're replacing mine. Now I'm replacing yours. There's, (laughs) there's no real, like, strategy to it. Well, now, McMaster, I'm going to have to take issue with that. I don't, I don't claim oh, to know it well enough because I've only started playing it. And it's another thing, too, where the iPad version doesn't really tell you how to play. I had to Google, oh, no. had to Google the rules. I downloaded the PDF. Uh, it's, it's a fairly simple game. But even two players, and I confess I've never seen it tabletop. I've never seen it with more than two players. Uh, but the, the gimmick isn't that you're putting your pieces down on my pieces and I'm doing the same to you. The gimmick is that there's all of these asymmetrical sides which are randomly generated by combining a race and an adjective, and we each have right. different powers. Uh, so, and again, I've only played the AI. Unfortunately, there is no asynchronous online play, so I can't really flex it. But just, it seems to me there's still plenty you can do with it with two players. I don't know. Maybe not. I, I, I I've it's only. Just, I don't know. It's like to me, just uh, I don't know. It, it, it lacks that that element because it, it just seems like uh, it's just. I can't even describe it. It's uh, yeah. It definitely sounds like a more the merrier kind of board game. Yeah. But based on what I've seen, I still really like the design. I love how, with basic, simple, easy rules, they then change those rules up by adding cool asymmetry with the random sides. I love that little bit of it, uh, and it makes me want to get the board game. So you know what? Days of Wonder, mission accomplished. I, I now wish I had the board no. game Small World. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's not a bad app. It's just that I wish it had more options. Right, absolutely, yeah. Uh, there is uh, in-app purchases, though. You can buy more yeah. of Races and Powers, McMaster. So maybe you should do that. Just buy it, just you know, throw more money at it, and eventually they'll make the game what it should be, right? Yeah, I think that's how it works usually. <laughs> uh, so another <laughs> game I've tried, there's a, there's a Master of Orion 2... Almost a direct, I don't want to say rip-off, but you know what? Oh, yeah. It's kind of uh, Calling it a rip-off is a negative connotation. Like, I don't think anybody has copyrighted the mechanics of Master of Orion 2. So a fellow made a game called Starbase Orion, yeah. uh, which is very much a nod to Master of Orion 2, but built for the iOS. I played this on my iPhone. It was really difficult to do. The little finicky controls, the little tiny parts, because it has as much detail in some aspects as Master of Orion, you can imagine how much information has to be crammed on the screens, and it's just so much easier to fiddle with on an iPad. Uh, oh, yeah. 
So I'm, I'm loving that. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, Defender Chronicles 2, which I, I would say is my favorite tower defense game. Tower defense is a, a huge burgeoning genre. And yeah. if I were, if I were, if someone put a gun in my head and said, what's your favorite tower defense game? Or you know what? Desert Island tower defense game for me would be Defender Chronicles 2. Uh, I have long loved that game. I like the first one. I like the second one. It adds a lot of long-term RPG elements. But something that I never understood about Defender Chronicles 2 until I played it on my iPad. And it has a universal version, so you don't have to upgrade, and it doesn't look like it's you know clunky. It adapts beautifully to the iPad, something I've never understood before. Holy cats, that's a beautiful game. Yeah. Man, the artwork in that and the little animated figures. I like when it was so tiny. I couldn't appreciate that so much. But man, what a lovely game! And I've been playing it all this time, and had no idea it was that good looking. Uh, oh yeah, it's a really nice looking game. There's a lot of really nice looking games on the iPad. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right, and another game that I'm really liking is called Hunters Two, which I assume is a sequel to Hunters One. Uh, and you wouldn't know from the name of it, but it's a space game. You're space marines, and it's basically a uh, streamlined XCOM. Yeah. Uh, like it doesn't have. There are certainly numbers and stats, and you level your dudes up. Uh, but it doesn't have the finicky percentage chances and stuff that I think a lot of people want in an XCOM and a Jagged Alliance, uh, which to me makes it much more suited for just just faffing around on an iPad. Uh, and it looks great. Uh, you know, I, re- I really like the look of it. It's built to be played long term. You grind out missions and upgrade your stuff, and it does have a little bit of that annoying microbiable stuff where I think it wants you to to pay, you know, uh, to, to use real-world money to buy space bucks to buy better weapons and leveled-up dudes. I have no desire to do that. Um, but I'm really liking that. Uh, and it's probably the thing I've played the most. So I had the, shortly after getting, w- along with my new iPad, I also got, like, the flu. And yes. I have to say that is... I sent that. That was, uh, I wanted to make sure you got that. that oh, was good. My I put that okay. in the box. You definitely, that definitely came over. Uh, and I have to say, though, that is a kind of a cool combo. If you're going to get, like, the flu, there's nothing to really while away the time uh, where you can't, where you don't even want to sit up in front of a computer or a console system. Uh, there's nothing quite like an iPad for that. Uh, so I've basically spent the last few days just sort of sprawled on the couch watching crappy Netflix movies, and fiddling around with the iPad. Now, the problem is, you can't watch a good movie because you're going to want to pay attention to it. Uh, You can't then, if it's too bad, then, like... You're not going. You're just going to ignore it. So you have to get this fine balance of like an awful movie versus a good movie. It has to be in that space in between, very delicately, and you have to be playing an iPad game that you can occasionally look up from. And Hunters is perfect. Hunters Two is perfect for that because it is so turn-based. You know, I can just move my little dudes, and oh, something is happening in the movie. I'm going to watch that for a minute. Okay, I'm bored. I'm going to look down at Hunters again. And, oh, I hear something in the movie, and uh, that's, I'm just going to look at Hunters again. So watching crappy movies on Netflix, playing a turn-based iPad game, that's probably about the best way to get over the flu, I think. Uh, so that's, uh, that, that's, you know, that's my game of the week, McMaster. Uh, uh, the flu w- versus uh, iPad. Yeah. Well, yeah, I can, uh, I can see that. Yeah, yeah it, it is pretty nice to have something like that around. Uh, no, a thing I always liked it for is uh, laying in bed and watching uh, TV shows and stuff, thanks to, like, iTunes. 
Um, sometimes you can get whole seasons of stuff and just download it to your iPad for reasonably cheap. And that's how I'm watching The Wire, in fact. So it's, uh, I'm not it's familiar with it. What, what is that? Is that, uh, is that about... <laughs> Is that about the found? Is that about the telegraph system? The early days of the telegraph? It's about Samuel Morse. Yeah, it's it's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, while you were watching The Wire, McMaster, you could have been watching uh, Sector Seven, which is a Korean horror movie about an oil rig crew that accidentally uh, like dredges up a monster from oh. the bottom of the ocean, and it stalks them and kills them one by one, but. The heroine, who is a, a hot Korean chick, and by the way, I think that's redundant. Oh. She's a hot Korean chick. A hot Korean chick who rides a motorcycle around on the deck of the oil rig during, like when she's not roughnecking or whatever you call it, leathernecking. What do you call it? The, the folks who wrangle the drill bit, so to speak. That's what she is. She's one of those dudes, and during her off hours, she's riding a motorcycle around on the deck, and she ends up using the motorcycle to fight the monster at the end of... Uh, Sector 7. You know, whereas Ripley used a cargo loader at the end of Aliens, this chick uses a motorcycle at the end of Sector 7. Now, you're you're wasting your time watching The Wire. You could have seen this thing, McMaster. That's true. I did miss my one chance. Uh, I will say, though, you know, watching foreign movies is a very refined pursuit. Uh, that doesn't work as well with an iPad because you have to read what they're saying. That's true. So, uh, there you go. All right, so there's my game of the week. It is com- it's a combination of the flu, crappy horror movies on Netflix, and the iPad. What do you got to top that, McMaster? Uh, I, uh, well, you know, I'm I don't know if I can top it. I've got like a super old game as my game of the week. It's really old. Like it came out like a month ago. Oh yeah, at least. So yeah, it's I don't even know if you'll remember it. But um, it was on sale on the Steam uh, Summer Sale, uh, Darkness 2. Mm. I've, uh, do you remember that one? I think that was uh, back in the 90s. Like, Wasn't that one of the little ColecoVision things? Yeah, it, yeah, I think it was a promotion that came out with the Lost Boys. Now, someone actually guided you to play. Like, You emailed uh, someone who you know and trust and basically said, should I get the Darkness 2? And this guy said yes, so you followed his advice, I take it. Yeah, yeah, Abner told me that. I think I also asked you, didn't I? Abner has not played Darkness <laughs> no, 2. Just First of all, Darkness 2 has nothing to do with baseball or orcs or board gaming. So, so that's Abner, Abner knows diddly about Darkness 2. That's true. That's very true. Um, yeah, now, uh, yeah, I asked you if you thought it was worth it, and you said yes, so I've been checking it out, and uh, I must say I really like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the single-player campaign is surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. I'm really surprised. I haven't. I have not tried the multiplayer yet, though, and I blame you for that for being sick. Right, because you have to sit up to play that, and you can't watch. You can't play multiplayer Darkness too, and watch crappy Korean horror films on Netflix. That's true. That's very true. Um, but it uh, it runs really well on the PC and looks really good. Of course, I mean it's always going to look better than on the console. But um, well, you know, one of the things they really did, and I uh, is that they didn't. They're not going for like a Crisis Two cutting edge, uh, photorealistic look. Like they're 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 willing to embrace a, an almost cel shaded cartooniness with the graphics, which I really like. Uh, oh yeah, that's absolutely. I like it a lot better than the first one. Like, oh okay. yeah, good lord, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. <laughs> what uh, you so the multiplayer? You don't know this because you haven't tried it, but let me tell you what you're in for with the multiplayer, McMaster. All right. 
the multiplayer they sell as the missions that uh, Jackie Tuscadero, whatever his last name is, Jackie, whatever. Burrito or something? Nesperado. I think I'm going to stick with Tuscadero. I like that. Jackie Tuscadero is a mafioso dude who gets these darkness powers. And over the course of the single-player mission, the multiplayer games imagine these are the missions that he sends other people on who have darkness powers not quite as good as his, but sort of they're they're lesser darkness powers. So there are four characters. Uh, It's this this strange rogues rogues gallery of characters. uh, And they have lesser versions of what he has that are different. Uh, so each of those characters has its own little skill tree. And when you play these missions, and you can play them single player, by the way. This is one of the things that they didn't do a good job. You know, they sold it as multiplayer, and so people think, oh, deathmatch, I'm going to go online and play against other people. Not that at all. These are co-op missions that you can also play single player to level up these four different characters. You can play them repeatedly. You can just grind one if you want. You can play with, with friends. Uh, so I really like their approach to multiplayer. And, uh, yeah, when we play McMaster, I call the drunken Irish dude with the throwing axe and the little dark lanes that he can summon. Okay. Uh, I wonder if – is uh, is the crazy guy one of them, I wonder? No, no he, well, he, he's the narrator. Uh, oh. But, no, he, he doesn't have darkness powers. If you were him, you would just get killed like like that. You don't want to be him. Not Johnny Powell. I mean the, the other crazy guy, the guy that hates pigeons. The guy that hates pigeons. Like it's the mini game that Prong starts playing all of the damn sudden, and you're running around on the porch trying to kill pigeons. What on earth? Are, what are you talking about? I don't remember that. Uh, there's, uh, seriously, in his mansion, right? if you go outside onto the porch, you can talk to one of the guys who's just drinking and shooting pigeons. He hates pigeons. And it starts this mini game, if you agree, where snap your fingers, snap your neck by prong starts playing. And you run around his uh, the porch or whatever uh, uh, shooting pigeons uh, on a time limit. See, the thing is... I, Darkness 2 is so awesome that I don't even I haven't even appreciated its awesomeness in its entirety. I had no idea that was in there. That's awesome, McMaster. That is, it is totally <laughs> awesome. Especially, you know, somebody like, uh, I was a big fan of industrial uh, and stuff like that when I was a teenager. It's just weird to all of a sudden hear Prong playing in the middle of a game. Uh, you just You never see that one coming. Nice. Uh, so, McMaster, when we play co-op, I'm going to be the drunken Irish dude. I need you to be the guy who uh, who carries all of the bags and summits taxis. And your 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 darkness power is that you can uh, your the glasses that you wear, the corrective lenses, can shade to where they're simultaneously sunglasses as well. So that's your darkness power that you can level up. And otherwise, you're carrying a lot of the the baggage. So, will you be that character? So, let me get this straight. Uh huh. I'm going to be carrying your luggage. Right. Summoning taxis. Right. And wearing transition lenses. Right, but you can transition them with your mind. Your darkness power doesn't, you know, you're not at the mercy of the ambient lighting. If you want to be indoors in a dim room and have them be sunglasses, your darkness powers allow that. You know, one time I tried to think of what would be the absolute worst superpower in the world. And and the, the worst I could come up with. Yeah. Was somebody that can uh, stir the contents of a can by looking at it without opening it, kind of like uh, some some sort of Ronco product. Or salad uh, dressing, like salad dressing before you Right, sure. Thing. You could just like look at it and, oh, my God, it's perfectly stirred. But I think you topped me. 
So I, really... I, I was sure you were going to use this as an opportunity to diss Aquaman, but I'm glad that you think oh. there are there are at least two powers worse than Aquaman's. Good. Oh no, I mean, there's plenty of powers that would be worse than Aquaman's. I'm just saying, of all the major superheroes, you've got guys like Superman who can pretty much do anything at any time, and then you've got Aquaman who can talk to fish. It just does not make sense to me because I guarantee you that Superman can probably talk to damn fish. They never stop giving him powers. Let me tell you something, McMaster, that Superman cannot do. Superman cannot enjoy a nice, delicious vinaigrette without manually shaking the bottle. That's true. That is true. I don't think Aquaman can either, but uh, the little things, you know. It's like being able to turn gold into lead. That'd be a horrible power. Oh, right, right, because it's backwards. I see what you did yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Darkness 2, uh, your game of the week. Have, have you gotten to the end, by the way? Because it's an awesome ending. No, no, I've played, gosh, I've only played probably about a quarter. I'm thinking maybe a quarter so far. Uh, oh, you haven't gotten to the stuff with the little demon sidekick yet, have you? Oh, I've gotten to the demon sidekick guy. He's been yeah, but- with Union Jack shirt and all that. Uh, I've gotten to, I've been through... Don't spoil anything. Don't spoil anything. Slight spoilers. Uh, uh, there's a brothel. I've uh, uh, I've been through that, right. and then I've been through the what well, seems to be kind of a alternate reality. Well, kind of su- thing. suffice to say, you've got some nice surprises waiting for you. Yeah. Right, right, yeah, I've, uh, yeah. So I've just gotten to the point where uh, it's almost like the 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 end of the first act in a movie, where like the horrible accident happens. Or the horrible thing happens to set up the revenge for the story, you know, etc. So uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I've really enjoyed the little touches in it. Uh, It's it's over the top, and the dialogue is over the top, and the voice acting is way over the top. But it so absolutely fits the game. And they did a a oh, go ahead, sorry. I mean, it's just the game is very comic book, and that's what it should be because it's that's what they're going for. They did a much better job, too, of making your your darkness powers, like your tentacles, interact with the world better and giving you more things to do with them and and letting you choose things like powers that give you more ammo versus fatalities that give you health. And there's just a really cool gameplay system built into this, which I think was missing from the first game. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, I agree, actually. uh, That and, like, you know, the whole, um, like, Mike Patton. Mike Patton's awesome in it. Yes, yes. Darkness. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the developers, oh, dead gummit, I want to think of their name. Uh, that digital, digital reality, that's the Hungarians that did sign In a digital extreme, is that digital, it? No, you're right, digital extreme, yes. Uh, they're doing this the new Star Trek shooter, like the shooter that's being tied in for the next Star Trek release, which normally I wouldn't care anything about, but... If they bring any of the design smarts of Darkness 2 to whatever they're doing with their Star Trek thing, uh, that means I'm actually looking forward to a Star Trek game. Yeah, yeah, which is, good God, that's hard to imagine, but, yeah. uh, yeah. So, McMaster, when we play the Star Trek game, I need you to be Uhura. I'm going to be Kirk. (laughs) You're going to be Uhura. Most of the time, you have to, like, stay in the, uh, the captain's... Uh, room or the bridge and wait to see if we get messages like and if anybody calls for me i need you to write down their name when they called and how i can get back to them and i'm going to be out doing the shooting parts and like like shooting uh, gorgons and whatnot well that's i mean you know it's kirk it just comes with the territory right right uh so make sure you have a good pen 
uh, and keep that little ear thing in your ear, and uh, and we'll get a high score on the levels. And you know, I, I would feel remiss, I guess, if I didn't mention this, but I, I also attended AbnerCon last weekend. Oh yeah, that's right. You've been doing some board gaming. Yeah, I played several board games I had not played before. Let's see. All right, so, so, so folks, uh, real quick, so if folks don't know, uh, Bill Abner is our buddy who worked at Game Shark, and he he's one of the main guys at No High Scores, and he was kind enough to invite a bunch of folks local to where you guys are in Wyoming or something. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. <laughs> a bunch of folks local to uh, to his house for a weekend of board gaming, and you went there. And so, what board games, McMaster, did you did you enjoy at AbnerCon? All right, so our first game uh, I played when I showed up was King of Tokyo. Yes. Have you played this game? I have not, but I know of it mainly from listening to Bill Abner talk about it being awesome. Is it? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those games that it's it's more of a party game than anything else. Like yeah. It, you, yeah, there's like a there's a placard for Tokyo, and if you have six, I think it's five or six players. There's two spots on it for less. There's only uh, one, but you you all play like big monsters, and uh, you roll a set of dice that has stuff like either energy. Um, Hits, health, or yeah, I think that's it. Hits and health. Mm-hmm. So if you're all health and you you get to re-roll three times any any number of the dice, and uh, you can keep whatever you want out of those rolls. If you're all health, you can get health back unless you're in the city itself. If you roll damage, you damage. Uh, if you're outside the city, any monsters in the city. If you're in the city, all the monsters outside of the city. And then if you roll uh, the energy cube things, you get energy cubes that are used to buy like power up cards. Uh, it just works. It, it, it's really fast, uh, and people are forced to enter the city if uh, if there's an open spot. So it, it just it, it's weird, but uh, it, it wasn't terrible. Uh, it was just kind of like uh, it was just kind of a quick party game in a way. Right. All right. So King of Tokyo. Uh, what else? Um, and then I got. Uh, oh wait, hold on, hold on. By the way, hold on. Did you win King of Tokyo? I did not. I was the first one out in King of Tokyo. So you are like, you would be the jester of Tokyo. Yes. You know, funnily enough, John Schaefer was, I might have been the king of Tokyo. I can't remember. The former lead developer, formerly of Firaxis, uh, one of the guys behind Set yes. 5, is now the king of Tokyo. Good. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Um, next, I got pulled into a game of Seven Wonders. Yeah. If you played it, <laughs> I tried Seven Wonders, and I, it doesn't really work for me because I don't know the whole drafting and passing cards around. That dynamic, I'm not as crazy about. It's uh, yeah. I, you know, I kind of didn't know what I was doing for a large portion of the game as well because it was kind of like, okay, here's what's going. Let's pass the cards, you know. Right. And it's not that I, you know, that I, I blame anybody or anything. It's it's not their fault. It's just that a game like that, you know, if you're just kind of thrust into it and you play it the first time, you're really not going to know what the hell's going. The, the problem I have with a game like that, and the see if this is what you're talking about, McMaster. It involves when you're playing with cards like that, and you've only got cards in your hand and no real frame of reference for what the other pieces are in the game. Right. You know, when you're expected to know, that's the thing about a good deck building game, is it puts in front of you everything you interact with. But so much of the stuff you're going to be interacting with in Seven Wonders is stuff that other players are holding, and you don't know what's out there. Uh, and right. you don't even know what the pieces are and how they work, and you, you're just looking at... It, it's like a blind man touching the leg of an elephant. He has no idea that it's an elephant. Because uh, he can't see the rest of it. So a good board game will show you the whole elephant. 
Uh, like, uh, yeah, like, for instance, if if I were to play it now, I would know several things to do differently. Like, uh, you know, the first round, I didn't get any military because I didn't even see any military cards the first round. So I, I kind of lost in, in that aspect. And you start losing victory points, and it's like a game of catch-up there. Uh, right. yeah, it just did not work out well. Um, so on Seven uh, Wonders, you, you, are not the, you are not one of the Seven Wonders. No. Okay, you do not rank in that. In that in no. that rarefied pantheon. All right. Let's see. Uh, and then after that, I played Shogun, mm-hmm. the uh, uh, Creative Assembly RTS, where you have turn-based yeah. uh, gaming, and then it breaks into a lushly animated real-time battle. Right. Yeah, yeah. Schaefer and I dressed up for that. Um, <laughs> he, he was he was one side, I was the other. Um, no, uh, it was a it's like an economy war game. Uh, based on the Shogun era. Uh, well, it's it a was, very it's a, it's it's a Rainer Kinesia game, if I'm not mistaken. It's one of those very abstract Euro games, uh, right? Where you're playing on a hex map of Japan, but it you're playing really on a play. hex map for sure. Well, yeah, I like a county kind of map thing of Japan, um, or whatever you would want to call it, an area map. Um, right. You have the priests and the farmers, and I forget what the third one is. Uh, you're putting oh. down the pieces, right? Well, right. You have well. You place armies, and then each turn you can tax a certain area. Like you have this board that's got ten spots on it for what you want to do, and you place the you have the cards for your areas or whatever in your hand. Wait, and you what? Place them. Is it called Shogun? Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of something totally different, McMaster. Uh, yeah, you know- yeah, probably. Not. Okay, so go ahead. So this is something. So this is not what I'm thinking of. So go ahead. So no, you- no, it's Dirk something. Uh, not Nimeyer, but Dirk, uh, I can't remember, but like... Benedict? No, I don't think it's Dirk Benedict. Uh, I, I like that, though. It's, it's Kirk Douglas. No, um, it, but, yeah, it's got this map of Japan, and at the beginning, you all take turns, uh, getting little areas of the map that you can place armies on, and it, and it, and it almost sounds risk-like, but it's kind of, it, it doesn't have that risk crappy uh, feeling to it. I don't know. Just, it's a lot better designed. But the, the randomization in it is really strange. Everybody has different colored armies to represent their uh, empires, and they're all just little little square blocks. Uh, and you can do stuff like you, you have this, this grid of ten different actions, like reinforce, move, attack, uh, tax for rice, tax for gold. And uh, you place, like, face down the different cards uh, for your territories, and there are blank ones as well, over these to say whether you're going to do something or not. And if you do that action, it, go, it happens in that territory. So the cards are all laid out. Uh, there are, there's ten cards to represent the ten different spaces on the board, and the first five are laid out flipped over, and the next five are laid out face down. So you don't actually know what order it's ever going to happen in except for the first five. And uh, so you go through and uh, you flip your cards. But during the attack phase or the movement phase and stuff, people can take uh, areas from you, and you have to give them that card. So, for instance, if you are reinforcing on one of the spaces and someone's taken that from you before it gets to the reinforce, then just nothing happens. You lose that that turn. Um, 
And uh, it's interesting because, like, where you tax someplace, uh, it puts, like, a little revolutionary farmer token. And if you tax it again, you have a chance of losing the area. Mm for good and uh, uh when the game was being explained uh you know everybody's like oh it probably won't happen that often and stuff and uh this was a game of me and uh once again john schaefer and uh a couple of other guys uh friends of bills and uh and there was something like six or seven farmer revolts in like the first year it was just people constantly taxing the same place and like beating the hell out of them with their armies it was horrific um, but but the randomization, uh, as I was saying, is kind of weird. When when you do an attack, uh, they have this like tower thing that's put together. It has like a grid on the inside of it. And before the game starts, you take uh, several blocks of everybody's colors and you drop them in there. And if and whatever stays in there stays, and you take the rest back and redistribute them. So whenever there's an attack, you take the attacker's blocks and the defender's blocks and you drop them in this tower. And there's a chance that some of them are, you know, one or the other will come out with more blocks and thus win the battle. Or maybe just, like, dislodge a troop from earlier. So it's kind of this weird randomization that I've, I've never really seen before. <laughs> it sounds like one of those cards in Magic the Gathering where you're supposed to hold the card above the table and drop it. And whatever cards it touches, it destroys. Like one of those little gimmicks like that. Yeah. The Chaos Orb. Yeah, yeah no, uh, it, it, it kind of is. And it, like, during the game, one of the players, like, uh, slapped the table and made a bunch of cubes come out and made uh -oh. lose an area. And I, I, I did not have a stroke. Uh, I, I was very good. I, uh. McMaster, if that, if that was Vegas, you would have been well within your rights to take a Derringer out of your sleeve and shoot him. <laughs> I, cu I couldn't do it. Uh, I was already losing the game anyway, so it didn't really matter at that point. So wait, so you didn't end up being the Shogun? Oh, no. No, no, no. I, I did okay, uh, I, but I, I didn't end up winning by points for sure. Uh, but So the, the game I was thinking of is a, a Rainer Kinesia game called Samurai. So that's just me being stupid, and all, all Japanese words obviously sound the same to a guy yeah. like me. Well, I mean, come on. <laughs> so now I was thinking of Samurai, which is a very light Euro game, and the Shogun is. And I'm wondering how long I've been conflating those two games. Oh, uh, I don't know. Probably yeah. a long time. You're yeah. such a jerk. I really am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's see. Uh, what else? Other board games you played? Yeah, I personally didn't play anymore uh, because uh, I was. Yeah, but there was quite a bit going on. Like uh, I know Abner got into several games of Cosmic Encounter that had to be the longest games of Cosmic Encounter I've ever seen in my life. And uh, I know Sarah played Chaos in the Old World. Old World, yeah. Yep. And uh, Patrician, which I've never played. I was kind of curious about that as well. Um, was Sarah the most chaotic in the Old World? Did she win that? I don't think Sarah was the most chaotic in the Old World. All right. Yeah, she uh, she, she said it was very chaotic. Uh, Chaos in the Old World does have a bit in common with Small World, I think. Well, no, nah, not really. She was basically just putting armies down in a similar way. Uh, it's confusing looking. Uh, but yes, you know what? Any any board game, McMaster. I think if you come up and just in the middle of watching people play pretty much any board game, it's it, like you can't you can't walk up and watch people play in a board game and make any sense out of it in ninety nine percent of board games. I think, except for maybe like Twilight Imperium, because that one's so easy to understand. <laughs> Sorry, I think, I think you're being facetious. I can't tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah guys, no. they didn't play Twilight Imperium. At, at, oh, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, yeah, oh, let's break out Arkham Horror. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
at a board game con. That'd be great. Uh, was there anything there that you saw or thought, hey, I should get a copy of that? Uh, Shogun, I, I'm pretty interested in. Uh, I thought Seven Wonders was pretty cool. I would have to play like a couple of more games of it, but uh, yeah, I would like to see. Uh, I'd like to see more Shogun um, for sure. It's uh, it's a cool looking game. Uh, we should also, because we teased it on last week's podcast, how did our game of La Havre go? Oh, you beat me, of course. You beat me. So you thought I was going to forget. So we played a little La Havre. It was your first time playing. I don't think you really knew what was going on. I mean, not... Neither, I, mean, I ran through the quick tutorial, but that was... Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we have round two, I think, is underway. Wait, is it? Yeah, we have a game going. Yeah, yeah you, but you always, like, it's always like, oh, Tom goes first and gets the wood. Of course Tom goes first. But you know what, Master? That just means you get the fish. Uh, that's true. I always get the fish, but uh, I, I never get the wood, man. I'll tell you, always the bridesmaid. <laughs> uh, next time I'll let you have the wood. Tell you what. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, are we going to play some Darkness 2 or what? Uh, there can be Darkness 2. Sure, yeah. I'm, I have, like I said, we need you to be the guy with the sunglasses darkness power, and he carries the baggage, and he calls me a cab when I need it. Uh, oh, and also I need you to uh, occasionally you have to order out for dinner, so uh, there's, you know, get us a pizza or something. I, I did think of one one grand story from our adventures recently, though. Uh, I, I, and you, you've given me hell about this recently, but the sabotage mission in the secret world. <laughs> so oh, I didn't really understand right. what the hell was going on. Now, how is it, I'm wondering, <laughs> that a guy gets to Egypt, which is, which is at least 30 hours of gameplay, and doesn't understand what a sabotage mission is? Like, that's what was going through my head. As we were playing that, and you were like fighting the ugh. Yeah, so why don't you explain what happened there? Because I. I don't even really remember the mission <laughs> exactly, but uh, Tom and I were playing The Secret World recently, and uh, uh, we accept this mission and we're going through it, and he's giving me a hand with it, and uh, I'm just like having the damnedest time. I'm like, God, this is hard. And then he's, he's like, oh, you do know it's a sabotage mission. I'm like, what the hell is that? Oh, so, so it turns out sabotage missions are stealth missions. <laughs> You're not really supposed to attack anything. I was just trying to clear everything and cursing angrily the whole time. Because the thing uh, is, it definitely puts you against dudes who are way too powerful for you to fight. And it expects you to either find the path around them or a trigger to deactivate them. But the thing is, the tutorials and, and, as far as I know, you know, most of the sabotage missions are entirely optional once you do a couple of really basic, simple ones in Kingsmith. Yeah. But the thing is, in the basic, simple ones in, in Kingsmith, if I'm not mistaken, the mandatory tutorial things for the sabotage missions never put you against dudes. Like, it, it shows you a mission where you have to avoid cameras and turn off. Oh, sure, yeah, I got that. Yeah, there was no doubt. I, I, I absolutely understand that concept. I guess it's just the... Yeah. Well, it never shows you one where it says, hey, you can't fight these guys. You're not ready for that. So when we're playing the mission and I see you, like, rushing in to fight the guy, it's like, what? Just, why is McMaster doing that? We're supposed to walk around them over here. It was one of those clear things, too, where there's a gate and there's guys guarding the gate. And then there's a huge gap over to the left where you obviously walk around the gate. <laughs> and I was in the process of walking around it, and I turn around and I see that McMaster has decided, oh, he's going to fight those four dudes in a sabotage mission where they're like twice as powerful as we are. Uh, that's an interesting yeah. approach. I don't even think I helped you. I think I just stood back and said, 
and let you get killed so that you could respawn and walk back, and I, I waited for you. Yeah. yeah, I think that was it. I think that's when you were typing. You do know this is a sabotage mission, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, that uh, that really killed me, uh, literally and figuratively. Apparently, some of them are really. I mean, I've already run into a few of them that are kind of aggravating because they're, you know, they're basically stealth missions, and yeah. you know, bleh, who wants to do those? Uh, but apparently, some of the later ones, like in Transylvania, are just incredibly aggravating. Uh, there's one that I missed, uh, and I say missed, and that I couldn't figure it out uh, in. Blue Mountains, which is the last part of the first world, the last part of Solomon Islands. Yeah. And, and there's this cool, uh, I don't know how you, there's another word like that thing you said at the opening of the podcast where I've read it, I've seen it written, I don't know how to say it, the Oriochi Corporation. Is that the name of the corporation, Secret World? Orochi or something like that. Okay. Well, they have a they have a camp which is surrounded by a fence, so you can't just jump in there, walk, climb over the fence. You've got to go through the door, and there are all these little drones that are flying around it that have clearly marked cones of vision in front of them. So you have to sneak through the drones to the front door, and it's a mission to go into the camp. It's a sabotage mission. These are color coded, so you know what you're getting. To go into the camp and I forget, find out what they're doing. Pretty straightforward. And I wanted to do this, because I, I like this backstory of this weird corporation somehow involved in all of this. But yeah. you get up to a keypad, and you have to put in a digit. You know, you have to put in the digits to get past the keypad. And for the life of me, and this is another thing that I want to love about Secret World, I don't know if this is something I was supposed to have found somewhere, if it's something that I was supposed to... You know, I went around killing guards very carefully, because they're all these zombified Oriochi guards, security corporation dudes and i went around killing them thinking maybe one of them would drop the combination i was studying the walls of some nearby like sabotaged or broken down equipment that they've got thinking maybe it would be written somewhere so part of me is like yeah i want to search for this key code and find it the way the developers intend me to find it but after a certain amount of time of doing that and having run into so many buggy quests i, I just finally decided well i don't know if this is broken, if I'm supposed to find it. I don't know if I should just ask in the help channel. I, I don't trust this game enough to keep you know, scrounging around trying to find a solution, yeah. so I just moved past it. But I'm curious, you know, what was in that compound? You know, how is that quest going to turn out? Uh, you know, the big, terrible picture supposedly fixed now. Oh, God, that's so freaking annoying. I, find, I did it, too, and it's great. This, there's a puzzle... Uh, and this isn't a spoiler, but it's a series of puzzle-oriented quests, and there are cool uh, encoded clues that you read as you're going. And one of the quests involves turning crystals to shine beams of light around. And I must have spent, you know, literally hours trying to get that to work, periodically jumping back into the game and walking to that stage of the quest to see if it was working now. Uh, and it's just, it's very straightforward once it works correctly, and it's kind of cool to manipulate the beams of light and shine them to the place where it opens a door. It's a it's a cool thing. It's got a neat visual component. It's very Raiders of the Lost Ark. And when I finally got back there and it was working as expected, I was I was just so irked that I'd spent all that time not realizing it was as broken as it was. Um, but yeah, big terrible picture you can do now. Uh, yeah, that's uh, supposedly one that's fixed. Uh, however, Black House still. Oh no way! Come friends. on. Oh. I tried I tried it last night. Yeah, I was. Uh, hey, maybe they took a look at that since taking the purple kind of works now. 
That's like, okay. I, only, I, I, I had I, to try it twice but to get it to work this time. I, I, went, I went back there, I guess, two days ago after the, the latest patch, and uh, it was ambushers. not ambushed. No ambushers. <laughs> the, uh, the notoriously shy ambushers. There's a stage where you're supposed to be jumped, I presume, and you're supposed to fight some guys off. They won't show up to attack me. Yeah. So. I believe someone in the Quarter to Three channel told me when I was raging about the ambushers once that maybe I'm the ambusher. I think maybe that's the, the standpoint you should take. It's very meta. Yeah, you're waiting to ambush those bastards. <laughs> uh, what level are you in Secret World now? I'm rank 7, and you're 9, I think. Uh, there's no levels in Secret World is the correct answer. Oh, oh, is that, is that it? I think you're wrong. <laughs> there is now. There I are just... no levels. You said rank. And, and, and So what does that mean even, by the way? You know what I think it is? I think it's they uh, base a rank on how many ability points you've spent. So they are levels. Well, yeah, they're absolutely levels. So it's, stri- it's strictly tied to how much XP you've gotten? Yeah. Well, it's not even that. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess roughly, just because you get uh, AP uh, out of uh, experience. Well, not roughly. Yeah. I mean, you get you get a, you get an ability point every 40,000 experience points, and you get a skill point right. every 120,000 experience points. So if, it, if they're just tying it to that, then it's totally levels, jerks. Well, let's, let's see what level you are. Yeah, you're rank 9. No, I... Definitely not rank nine. I don't think I'm rank nine anymore. I should you're thirteen point five percent. When did you last play? The stamp thing takes forever to update. Uh, yesterday with you, I think. Well, that wasn't yesterday though. That was just the day before. I've been sick. I can't be held accountable for the passage. Yes. Uh, no. Uh, you're at thirteen point five percent completion. I'm at nine point nine percent completion. Uh, more importantly, uh, McMaster, who has killed more zombies? Oh, we all know the answer to that. Uh, you have absolutely killed more zombies. Hang on, let me let me see. What, what is your rank? Uh, oh. my, my current quest: there are two people in the the cabal, and that's what you call like a guild in Secret World, who have killed more zombies than me. And I am determined to get to the top of that leaderboard. I I will be there probably within a week. I'm gonna look at this because yeah, you, you're number one for familiars killed. You're a dick, and then you're number one for a cop killed. Number two in Wendigo. I mean, you know. Uh, the, the Familiars was just because I loved some of the stuff at Innsmouth Academy, and that's where you fight a lot of those. So I, I redid a lot of those quests while I was waiting for other quests to get fixed. Yeah, yeah like I love John Wolf, but like half of his quests don't work, so that's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, which of John Wolf's dogs is your favorite? I think I like the little one. The little one that's sleeping, the little wiener dog yeah. is sleeping. Yeah, that yeah. one is cute. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm with I mean, you there. For that. Uh, which one of Eleanor Franklin's cats do you like most? Oh, gee. <laughs> God. Uh, Danvers? Danvers is good. Danvers. Oh, I was going to pick Danvers. Are they all named uh, like Asylums? I think so. <laughs> Isn't that adorable? She's got three yeah. of them. I haven't checked all the names, but there's like an Asbury and an Arkham and a Danvers and a one of the other ones. Uh, but yeah, I, I love little touches like that. Uh, uh, yeah, it really killed me, too, because when I was reading your articles of the week uh, or for, from your uh, journal of The Secret World, I was right around the same area. So I know what you mean by that roller coaster is absolutely lame. <laughs> it's just kind of like, I, don't, I don't know what they were thinking about that part of the quest. Well, I'll bet you I knew what they were thinking is, yeah, people are going to click on the roller coaster and ride it, but for whatever reason, they couldn't, like, it would have been difficult maybe to put a character model in the car and then have it go around at a certain speed and what if somebody jumped out of it. Like, I I know, I seem to recall that in Tribes, uh, it was notoriously difficult to get the the character models to ride in a ship. Like, that was something, that was a real technical hurdle back in the day. 
Um, so I'm guessing there was just a technical hurdle to get it to work, but they'd already put the roller coaster in. They knew people were going to click on it, so they just kind of threw it in there. And yeah. it's just, it was just kind of an example. I actually don't really mind it that much, but it was an example of you know sometimes you have an ambitious design and the game can't quite live up to it. Uh, and I honestly couldn't care less that you can't ride the stupid roller coaster. Oh, no. I can't. It's, the it's, video is just lame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the ride itself is lame. But they, they threw that in there rather than just saying, hey, the roller coaster's broken and it doesn't work. Uh, and that was probably the right thing to do. But I just I see something like that and I'm like, oh, I, I kind of feel bad for you guys, but this isn't well, the way I wanted this to shake down. It's weird because, like, every other part of the quest has you fighting some monster attached to the ride, and then you get to the roller coaster, you watch a, a video, and you get some experience and go on to the next one. It's just, why not have a monster pop out of it? Right, right. Uh, I don't know. but uh, And then, yeah, doing the Franklin Mansion stuff is really cool. Uh, yeah, I, really I like the Franklin Mansion. Yeah, I did as well. And I liked what we, were, what we had stumbled across in Egypt. Uh, you know, those little talking figures. That, that's the funny thing. They're, the action figures in Secret World are more talkative than the player character. <laughs> you find those little those little cute Egyptian talking action figures. You know what I'm talking about? They're talking action figures. <gasps> oh, McMaster, that's right. You ran off. I guess you didn't watch the cutscene yet. So oh, we're no. doing each of the little temples around the city of the gods has these little oh. uh, statues in them. Oh, I watched that. No, that was awesome. Yeah, with the uh, the big sister and the little kid or and the kid's uh, kid brother thing and all that. With the... that, that whole area is full of them. All the little areas oh, awesome. you have to go to is a little new cast of these little god statuettes that, that talk. And yeah, I thought that was adorable. No, those are great. Yeah, uh, that whole area we're in is really cool, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, the funny thing is, so I. Uh, like I, I, you know, a, a review is clearly a snapshot in time of your experience with a game, and I don't deny that. You know, when I did the reviews for Secret World, which was like maybe a week and a half after the game came out, I was loving certain things about it, but I was just so disappointed that it didn't work better. Uh, but you know, the more I play it, and the more they are ironing this stuff out, uh, the more I'm thinking. You know, it really sucks that when you do a review of an MMO, you are freezing in time this little number for it. Because now I would probably be more generous with it. I imagine in another month where I'll still be playing, I'm guessing, I would be even more generous with it. Uh, so it's just kind of a shame that they didn't have a, a better launch and that everyone sure. thinks, oh, Tom Chick is a guy who hates Secret World. Because I don't. I was very disappointed in its state, you know, a week after it came out. But I'm really digging it, and I think I'll be sticking with it. Well, that's like anybody that said that to me. I, my response is, well, for somebody that doesn't like it, he sure does play it a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he likes it. He's just yeah. disappointed with certain parts of it. Look at all those zombies I've killed, McMaster. You've killed a lot of zombies. You know, you've played a lot more than I have, and I'm, I'm more up with people for it. And <laughs> so, uh, McMaster, know. can I play it on my iPad, by the way? Will that... God, I wish. You know, <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, all right, so there we go. Uh, any other orders of business? What crappy Korean horror films have you watched lately? God, what have I watched any horror films lately? No, not really. God, I haven't watched anything lately. All right. No? Mm, that's a shame. Well, if you want to see a chick on a motorcycle on an oil rig fight an oil beast, Sector 7 is your huckleberry. Oh, well, then I'm, it's, how could I say no? <laughs> uh, all right, let's, uh, what are we going to do with this format next week? Are we, are we going to mix up the format? Are we going to do something completely new and different that we've never done before next week? Yeah, we could discuss pogs, I guess. 
I like Hog, those little milk cap things that you throw yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Who doesn't like Fox? You know what? I'll have to do some research into that before next week. I don't. I'm surprised I even knew that much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a huge fad when I was a late teenager and working at a comic shop. I had people coming in for Pogs all the time. It's like, oh god, really? <laughs> I would have guessed you for more of like a hacky sack player. <laughs> no, oddly enough, uh, the guy who uh, ordered all the comics for a comic shop. All right. That's why you have this deep abiding hatred of Aquaman, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. Well, that and the Teen Titans. Oh, God. I don't even know what that is. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, so next week we'll have Pogs, Games of the Week, News of the Week. Uh, Sounds good. All right, uh, so I am Tom Chick. This has been me and uh, Jason Rearmaster. The Rearmaster. We'll talk to everyone next week. Good and talk. I'm gonna fight them all. A seven nation army couldn't hold me back. They're gonna rip it off. Now, this is a surprising cover. Taking their time right behind my back. And I'm talking to myself at night because I can't forget. And who would that be, McMaster? The Oak Ridge Boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hellfire. <laughs>